Good morning, good Friday morning, Mike Broomhead. I know, it doesn't feel like Friday to me. Until you say happy Friday, it doesn't feel like happy a Friday. Happy Friday. Yeah, yeah, it's, it feels uh, different. Uh, thanks, Jamie. Good morning, everyone. We are going to start off with the economy, as we often do. The uh, The stock market is a little shaky. As the news came down the other day about the three-quarters of a point hike, we're going to talk about how this affects the average person. I think that conversation is a very valuable conversation to have, is how is it affecting everyone else? And we start off with inflation numbers, the inflation costing the average American family $11,500 per year this year. Um, so that to me, that shows you a lot because I don't know families that have that kind of money. That's almost $1,000 per month. I don't know many families that are on a budget that have $1,000 per month that they can afford to lose. I, I, don't, I don't know how that's possible. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to talk this morning quite a bit about this. And this is the where I, I've maintained this for a long time. Every political uh, party, both political parties, I should say, and every political candidate, especially in Washington, D.C., it's always about the middle class. It is always about bolstering the middle class, growing the middle class, middle class, working class Americans. It's always about that. Um Middle-income households in 2022 have seen inflation eaten into, into a greater share of their incomes compared with low- and high-income households. I've maintained this for a long time, and I'll explain again why I feel this way. Um, if you are of uh, lower income, in the lower-income bracket, um, it's funny because you call them the middle class, but you can't call somebody lower class. I, it sounds horrible, and it is horrible. I don't mean that at all. Lower income. I grew up low income, very low income. When you're in the lower income bracket, there are um, there are things for you. There is there is a food assistance for you, WIC and other things. You know, there is access health care. There's things that are available to you <clears throat> because of your low income. Higher income families can usually absorb those costs and find a way to not necessarily dramatically change their way of life. When you raise uh, minimum wages, when you dramatically raise the minimum wage, and you think what you have just done is provided a living wage for someone, you know that's not true. You know that the cost of living ends up creeping up, or you are catching up with the cost of living so that people at the lowest end of the income ladder that are making minimum wage, and usually those are entry-level jobs, they call it non-skilled labor, which I think can be insulting, but that those, low, those lower income or lower paying jobs are considered to be unskilled labor in many cases. A lot of times they're high school kids getting their first jobs, college kids get jobs. There are not many people raising families on minimum wage jobs. But what happens is the cost of living goes up to match what lowest income people can afford. Uh, the, the biggest money that's spent by companies that make products. A company that makes a product spends money on two things. One of them is marketing, packaging and marketing. How do we sell it to people? And the other is price point. Because if you price it too high, you're going to exclude yourself from a big bunch of people in that world. If you price it too low, you're leaving money on the table. So there's a science to how much you charge people for a product. That's a big part of what they do. And it is based on the income in the area. It, the same vehicle, same house that you would buy in the valley, you would spend a lot more money on in Northern California. 
That's just the way it is. And it's the same vehicle. It could be the same house, but based on where they are, you're going to pay more money. And some of it is location, location, location. If you're on the beach or on the mountains, here in the mountains, but I'm talking about the average neighborhood, average house. That's how it works. So when you arbitrarily or artificially raise the minimum wage, you think you're helping the lowest income people. You're not. They're maintaining where they are. But the problem is you don't see those raises hit middle income people. What I mean is uh, let's I was speak. I spoke yesterday with a great group of people from Westpac Construction um, uh, of great people. It was so much fun to be in a room full of my people. Um, They're probably going to be upset that I called them my people. I might have insulted them, but it was a lot of fun. Just great working class people that do excellent work. They were, you know, it was a cool meeting to watch being in the construction world myself for a long time. Um, And I never did anything on the level that they do, but it was great to be in the room. But, you know, um, when you talk about those, the people in that working class, if they have people, and I doubt they pay anybody a minimum wage, I would imagine they pay people more. But whatever company you are, if you have somebody that's making minimum wage, and now that minimum wage jumps to $15 an hour, and it was at $12 an hour or whatever, do you think that the workers that are making $25 an hour are jumping to 28 or 29 They usually aren't. They aren't. Which means the cost of everything else goes up to match the lowest income level of people, the cost of living for the lowest income people. And so the middle class gets squeezed. And that's what's happening here. Higher income families look at tuition. Tuition, in-state tuition at the state universities continues to climb, continues to climb. For lower income families, there are grants for them to be able to go to school. And it alleviates a lot of those increases. They are out there. And for rich families, for high-income families, they can afford it, although it sucks for them. They are able to go out and write the check for their children to go to school. Middle-income families don't qualify for some of the grants for lower-income families, and they don't have the kind of money where they can just afford it. So those are the families that are getting hammered with student loans. So it's like this and and all over, and that's what these stories now are verifying. So I'm not just hammering a political party, but I'm hammering a political policy. When you have a policy, when you go in and you are the champion for the working class, this president has been talking his entire career in Congress, which is, I think, almost as long as I've been alive, he's been in American government. Being from Scranton and now in Delaware, working class, taking the train to work and all that stuff, he's just a working class guy. Great. I I respect that. I truly do. If you're a working class person that has has elevated your game to being a United States senator, the vice president of the United States, and you get elected as president, that is one heck of a life. But if your policies are saying you want to help working class families and it isn't working, wouldn't you change course? Wouldn't you change course? And the answer is they are not changing course. And I'm going to give you just a little bit of proof of that in that uh, John Kerry – John Kerry, the climate czar, was speaking at an event at the – listen to this. You know when they got big, long names, they're a useless organization. At the International Energy Agency's Global Clean Energy Action Forum. How many more times can you say uh, the International Energy Agency's Global Clean Energy Action Forum? He was speaking about the Inflation Reduction Act, and he said – 
It is a completely misnamed piece of legislation. We're running around saying, I support the IRA. This is talking about the Irish Republican Army. That's tricky, but we're here. Um, and I'm not, but he talked about it, and he made this observation about the bill. And I'm sure, I, oh, and I'm not sure how much it has to do with inflation, but that's okay. It's an incredibly, um, it's a it's a completely misnamed piece of legislation. So, what this administration is doing, and the Senate agreed yesterday in principle to sign on to the extension of a treaty um, internationally to lower climate by getting rid of fluorocarbons, which is going to raise the cost of air conditioning and refrigeration. So you need a new refrigerator, you're a restaurant owner, you need a new piece of equipment or something breaks, you need to get it replaced. You are going to spend a lot more money on that item. So that's just one item. So prices continue to go up because climate change is the focus here. And if you're someone that believes in man-made climate change, okay, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I, I get it. And if you voted for a president because you believe he's going to put a big dent in climate change, okay, then you got what you wanted. But as we watch the economy of the world, let's go with everything the White House says. Oil prices went up because it's Russian, it's Putin's price hike. Let's say that's true, that because of what happened in Russia and Ukraine, that's not true. Gas prices are going up before that, but let's go with the narrative. Putin's price hike, because of the war in Russia, we are seeing an increase, or we did see a huge increase in oil prices. We don't control the price of oil as a country. Um, it is done internationally that sets the price of oil. We can't control it. All that stuff. Let's go with that. We had a supply chain issue because of what happened in China. So it slowed down goods getting to the shores. And so we had a long time where we were really behind in trying to get uh, stuff out there and get it to market. Then we had with the war in Ukraine, we had a wheat shortage because that's where so much of the world's wheat comes from, which is true. And all of that happened. And it caused this great inflation that had no – there was no control in the White House in any of that. Okay, let's go with it. Now you look at things like this, and my question is, then why would you continue to raise the cost of goods and services, continue to contribute to the raise in, a rise in oil prices with what you're doing with your climate agenda and the EPA and new restrictions and oil lease restrictions and gas lease restrictions on private land, on public land, on offshore and onshore? Why would you do that? Because that policy does lead to cost increases. Why would you uh, sign on to a treaty in the middle of this worldwide recession that's going to raise the price of appliances? The answer is you believe that those prices may be bad, but climate change is worse. And I think America and the world is going to disagree with that in the coming six months to a year. I think this is going to be in these this next election cycle. We're going to see a lot of big difference, a big difference. Coming up in a moment, the Arizona courts have a probation officer shortage. We're going to talk public safety, crime, and punishment coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. else are you going to get? Come on, Eileen. Where are you going to get Dexy's Midnight Runners anywhere else in town? It's just not going to happen. Good morning. Happy Friday from the Mike Broomhead Show. Um, again, we should do this. I'm telling you, I'm telling the bosses it would be a great idea. Bad news over great music. We should just do it. Happy music, I should say. Right? Wouldn't it be a good idea? 
I'm for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bad news over happy music. Um, I don't know that this is bad news, but it's concerning. One of the frequent topics we talk about here on the show, and I've asked, I mean this question seriously. When you vote, when you think about who you're going to vote for, as you look at candidates, do you look at political ideology? Of course you do. Do you look at personality? Maybe we do. Um, My question is, what kind of a city do you want? What kind of a city do you want to have? That's always the rule. Becky. There you go. I thought your mic was still on. Sorry about that. Nope. Okay. Um, So anyway, so here we are um, talking about this issue. Probation officer shortages. They seek $17 million. What kind of a city do you want? What kind of a state do you want? What what are the important things that you want to happen? Um, And the reason why I say that, the reason why I ask that is because we vote for people that choose budgets and how to spend money. We talk about law enforcement shortages. Um, I've been around a lot of political campaigns, and I can tell you it doesn't – it's not limited to one political party. When someone decides to run for an office, what they do is they go out and they try to get the endorsement of public safety, police and fire. If you look on campaign signs or you look on campaign literature, you will see candidates always say, I'm police and fire endorsed. If you're running for a statewide office, they list how many law enforcement agencies are endorsing them. You see it will happen. Uh, You've seen commercials with Republican candidates with law enforcement. There is a political ad that's out now with Katie Hobbs walking with border sheriffs that say she's going to do a good job on the border. I'm not criticizing any of them, but they that what they do is they look they run for a political office by saying they endorse public safety. Well, we have to take a look at what we have in Arizona. We know that Phoenix PD dramatically understands along with almost every other agency in the Valley. I talk about Phoenix PD because I'm a Phoenician and I'm most familiar with that agency. And I I mean this as an apology. I would love to know more and be more involved in in learning about what happens in Mesa and Chandler and Tempe and Scottsdale and all of these other agencies out in the West Valley, too. I would love to learn more about your agencies and what your struggles are. I said to fire recently, I made an apology to Phoenix Fire because Phoenix Fire is going through shortages as well. And we've we've highlighted that. Well, how did this happen? It happens because it's not made a priori- priority by the people that write the budgets. The money isn't there. There is a ballot uh, an, an initiative that's going out, a bond issue in the city of Phoenix, and part of what they want to do with the money is hire more firefighters. Why don't we have all the money we need in the budget to hire enough firefighters and then do bond issues for other things? Now we find out when people are let out of jail – They're on probation. I'm not against that, by the way, necessarily. There's cases where obviously it's not warranted. But I do believe that people deserve second chances. They absolutely deserve a second chance. But you've got to oversee them. If there is probation that's ordered, there have to be enough people out there to oversee it. Um, so it's, it's interesting what we do focus on. Another political ideology, um, another political ideology that, that is, uh, interesting to me is that um, they're now trying to track gun sales to legal gun owners. How is that going to solve the problem? There's a story about women and that they're, it's, a, it's a widespread problem. Women who run are always worried um, that they're going to get assaulted. It is a big problem. So how do they solve that problem? They solve that problem. By um, making sure they're protected. Some of them carry pepper spray or, or, or a stun gun or a firearm. And those are law-abiding citizens. But we also have to have enough law enforcement out there. Probation officers are law enforcement. They're law enforcement and counselors, I think, at the same time. 
Um, so I was, I just was listening. I, I could hear what you guys were saying. So I don't know what's going on. We haven't, I hope we're not having computer issues again. Um, so I'm sorry. We were just got some issues here in the studio. My point is about this. You have people, probation officer shortages, law enforcement officer shortages. DPS has not expanded nearly as much as it needs to with the number of people that have moved here on the sizes of our freeways and how they've expanded. It, it's, it's a real problem and we should be doing more about it. All right, coming up in a minute, what we're going to do is we are going to speak with Gatos, and the BQ poll question of the day is going to happen, so stick around for it. The Gatos Big Q poll question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. We're going to the state fair together. We are. Yeah, we got to find something to do together. We, we thought about yesterday, let's <laughs> buy the Suns. That didn't work out. Uh, I am, we have, you know, I think we go to the state fair. I am surprised that a germaphobe, hypochondriac person like you would go to the state fair. Uh, I, yeah. I would figure you would stay away from the food, the fried everything. Let's go over some food. Yeah, okay. All right. Let me get the list out here. Um, let's see. They Because they always have... The, have you been to the fair before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been okay. to the state fair before. Are what you kidding this? me? I'm a redneck. I grew up at the county fair or the state <laughs> fair. Are you, are you joking? Not me. I mean, uh, you know, I'm usually scared of those places. <laughs> they always have those, uh, like... Um, uh, uh, like uh, they have like a, 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 a Snickers bar, yeah. But then they uh-huh. fry it, yep, right, and then they put sugar on it, right, and then they put a donut around it, and then you know they stick it in a pizza, and then you're supposed to right. eat it. Mm-hmm. Um, what deep fried Twinkies, d- deep fried Twinkies. Uh, there's something called a squeezer. I don't know what that is, but I, I'm I not eating that. I- I'm not eating a squeezer. I don't even want to think about what. Are that you is. are you going to eat a squeezer? Uh, I thought uh, I I shouldn't say it. I was going to say, say uh, I I'm thought a squeezer it. was something that happened after you ate at the state fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not eating. You know, it's one of those things. Like uh, I won't eat a food that sounds weird. Like, uh, would you ever drink? It's a, that drink squirt. No, I've I'm never. Not, I, I have. I have. I know what it is, but I, I, is, that, yeah. is that still out there? It, it is. I'm not putting anything that's named squirt into my mouth. <laughs> I'm not drinking that, man. And I'm not. I'm not a squeezer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, let's see. They got Papa Piggy's pizza. You get pizza, hot wings, and a meatball sandwich for fifty-eight bucks. Oh my what? gosh, fifty-eight bucks. That can't be right, is it? Oh, that Holy sounds cow. like a Diamondbacks game. My goodness, uh, I don't, I don't know, man. And the rides kind of scare me. Are you really going to go on the rides? Like, you know, some guy named Hal, and you know, he's looking at the rides, and you're like, "Is this safe?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's safe." I wouldn't go on it, but yeah, yeah it's safe. Yeah. Uh, I used to, I used to work with a guy that had made, every time the state fair was out there, a different day, every day he'd talk about the state fair and would have a different theme that night. He'd make up themes, right? Oh, and they were hysterical. Oh, uh, hard liquor and handgun night, you know that kind of stuff. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, the guy that's, like, uh, taking care of all the rides, he's got, you know, he's got no hand or something like that. He's got one finger. Here's good. This is a hot Cheetos cheeseburger. Oh, you want oh to, God. You, you want to hear a horrible – can I tell you a quick horrible story? Horrible, before we get yeah. To the question? yeah. Um, when you said the guy was missing a finger or whatever. <laughs> 
When I was a little kid, I lived in way up in farm country, northeast Ohio, and we used to go to this butcher, and he had his, he had a whole pasture full of animals. You could pick out an animal, he'd butcher it for you, you'd go pick it up later. We'd get turkeys and geese, you know, food, really good bacon, he'd make his own bacon. Uh, um, and he was missing like three fingers. <laughs> so his nickname was, his nickname, we called him Fiddler, because he, he couldn't play the, isn't that horrible? I look back at the mic now. What horrible people we were to make fun of this guy because he was missing fingers. Isn't that horrible? I'll say, I'll say something even even more horrible. Okay. Here's another item. You ready? Yep. What was the one we were just joking the about? The squeezer. Yeah. How about this? All right. You wanna you wanna eat a loaded brick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it. I don't know what it is, dude, but it's yellow. <laughs> Oh my gosh! We got to get to the question. I got a minute left. What do you have? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's uh, uh, the state fair starts. Uh, 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 the state fair it starts today. I know that. So, what are you looking forward to the most? The squeezer. <laughs> uh, people watching. Uh, uh, the rides, the crazy fried foods, uh, or the stomach ache after you get home. Oh my gosh, Gatos! I want a brick. And a squeezer. <laughs> I think you can get both. And I want to wash it down with squirt. <laughs> this is the funniest you've ever been, Gatos. This was pretty, great. Pretty good. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's Gatos. And the big Q poll question of the day is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. I'm not ha- quite happy. Not sure how happy the Valley Toyota dealers are going to be about the squeezer, but that was hilarious. Um, what we are going to do, we right after this next break, we are going to talk about the Border Patrol. Are they prepared for the end of Title 42? Stick around.